Hello, and welcome back to the Christian Contrast Podcast, where we talk about the ways in which Christ calls us to live differently than the world around us. Today, I'm joined by Dan. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Good to see you. You might notice that we're both here on campus. Uh, it's kind of funny. We're still using Zoom, but some of our video equipment is over in the worship center. And uh, kind of right now during social distancing, it's easier to jump on a computer and record the show. But someday, maybe we'll be able to... Uh, do it in the studio where it looks amazing. Someday. <laughs> it will come. That's right. Uh, so today we're doing a little follow-up uh, podcast to our sermon series, which was titled Free from Fear. And we're going to be taking a look at some of the uh, biblical perspectives of fear, uh, especially when it comes to you know remembering God's promises and how do we uh, continue to trust God uh, when we're feeling those feelings of fear. But what I'd like to hear from you, Dan, is a little bit of your perspective of even the state of fear today. Because interestingly enough, about four months ago, uh, we did a podcast talking about, this is pre-COVID stuff, talking about mental health, spending some time on anxiety and fear. And then boom, like three weeks later, we had the most significant uh, pandemic and, and mass fear time that we've had for, for you know, some obvious reasons of this virus that could potentially really, dis- and has disrupted the world as we know it. So uh, what is your perspective uh, when we dive into a conversation on fear? How do we uh, filter that through a biblical spec- perspective today? Sure. Well, well like you said, the, the reason we did that, um, that podcast episode on fear and anxiety before, and it was pre-COVID, was just because despite us as Americans living in what by any objective standard seems to be the most prosperous and safest society in the history of mankind, We still have crazy anxiety. We're on meds. We're seeing counselors. We're trying to figure this out. So this is an inside issue, not primarily an outside issue. But then we had an outside issue come and just blow everything up. So it's like we're already anxious. We're already fearful people. And then we have a pandemic come. And so we have, you know, you remember back at the beginning, there was a toilet paper thing. Everybody bought toilet paper. And then I felt like, Throughout this, you, you had almost competing fears at times where you had the fear of what's going to happen. We're all going to get this disease and we may all die. Um, and then there was also the fear of we're shutting down. This is going to ruin our economy and everybody's going to be out of work. Mm-hmm. And then I think as things grew, grew, there was also the competing fear of the government's going to take over everything and we're going to live in a totalitarian state. So you could, you could pick your poison by which fear you, you felt most strongly, but I think that brings it up. And so all the more significant, um, I think when you look at the Bible, the most, the single most frequently given command in the Bible is Mm. some form of do not be afraid, fear not, don't be afraid. Uh, I mean, it it seems all the more like, does God know us or does God know us? Like, this is what we need. Yeah. I I think that that gives us an idea that uh, fear has always been a part of our lives and the human condition. But I think today it's, it's, it's so much more significant because some of the things that I think a lot about is the way that we communicate and the way that media communicates information and stories. And we used to joke in the 90s and 2000s that sex sells, you know, provocative ads. I think today fear sells. For sure. You know, a, a media company or a news company or even just a social media person knows that they can put out a piece of content that pulls on your fear you're more likely to click on it, which means is whether or not you need that information, whether or not it's factual, 
they just really want the click because that leads to some ad revenue. And so, you know, you, you open up the internet, open up social media, and you're inundated with, with fearful uh, content. And uh, as if we need any more of it, uh, it's kind of surrounding us at all times. And it's almost kind, I feel like today, it kind of feels like the language of the internet is fear. And um, it's because they just really want that attention and they'll do whatever it takes to get the attention. And so I think that in this moment, leading up to this moment, I think a very significant part of this decade has been today and fear is playing a big part of the way that we interact with what's happening in the world around us. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree a hundred percent with what you said. And I think even just, to, to take a side point that, that maybe just a shepherding opportunity for our church family or for anybody listening, just to say, um, I think that it is a fair conclusion to draw that most media and news outlets, their primary goal is not just to get you information. Their primary goal is to get you to keep watching, to keep clicking, and I'm not even faulting them for it. Like we, we live in a free market society. Of course, that's what they're going to do. So, so we as we as citizens, and then it, for speaking for those of us as Christians, we need to at least start with the wisdom of saying, okay, when I'm looking at this news outlet, if, if they have sort of really good news that would bring us all relief and make us feel like we could relax and stop checking this site, or if they can tell us some really scary news that will make me feel like I need to come to the site again and again and again and again to get updates, mm-hmm. which is most in their interest to do. So, so I'm not trying to pick on one, you know, MSNBC, Fox News, whatever it is. Um, their primary goal is not to give us information so that we can relax and go outside and not check back in. So right. wisdom would dictate we've got to take that all in that context and with that grain of sand and, and not um, assume better motives than I think they would even claim for themselves in this thing, in these things. Yeah, I, I think it takes, it, I like that you say wisdom, it takes a lot of wisdom to to filter out um, the information that you really need from day to day. And, you know, I, I think that the more that we practice that, I think the better that we will be able to have a clear space uh, to really understand what it is that God's called us to do for that day or listen to God's calling and listen to how the Holy Spirit would want us to move and show love to someone today. Yeah. If we're overly concerned with fear and we're overly concerned with what the next news story is that will maybe inform us that we can avoid some type of fear. Uh, I think we'll miss opportunity that where God is telling us to move. And yeah, and, yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think that's like you just identified right there the reason why this is so important because fear is crippling. Fear is limiting. You know, it, it's not just the idea. I don't think God's primary desire when he keeps saying to us, and, and again, just think of like God saying that that's what the angels say when they show up. They typically say, don't be afraid. God, the God of the universe is saying to frail human beings, don't be afraid. This is clearly on God's heart for us. I think if it's, it's, it's not because God is somehow just personally offended when we're afraid of other things. It's because God knows just how crippling it is when our lives are driven by fear. And we all know that if we lived lives that were free from fear, we would be living very differently. We, we would be living more joyful, more excited, more adventurous, more courageous, more noble lives than we're currently living. And so the reason this is so vital is not just because God wants us to stop feeling an emotion. It's because God knows how crippling this is. And then when we do it, it's not just that we're not living the way he wants us to live. 
we're not living the way we would want us to live because of fear running our lives. Yeah, absolutely. For, for God's kingdom to be alive and true here on earth, he needs Christians to not necessarily not feel fear, but right. not let fear keep them from doing simply what the thing that God has called you to do. And uh, that could be uh, your calling in life, or that could be to pick up the phone and call someone right now or to talk to that person. And, you know, I think that a lot of the times we know that, uh, but we convince ourselves with the fear of the unknown and it keeps us from acting in the way that God wants us to act. Yeah, no, it's true. And, and one of the things I, I was reflecting, I shared this with you before we hit record, um, was just that, um, you know, like the, the idea so for, for some of us, um, and probably for all of us at different times, the command, don't be afraid, can feel sort of like, um, can, can feel like a, a very unhelpful command. Um, it's sort of like, I was remembering one of the X-Men movies where one of the mutants is telling his parents he's a mutant and they say, have you ever tried not being a mutant? <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that's so a little good. bit what it's like when you're talking to somebody and you're saying, no, 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 don't be afraid. They're like, well, thanks. Like, I'm not trying to be afraid. Like, have you ever tried just not being afraid of that stuff? Um, so I was just really reflecting on this and thinking, because I, I know, like, I, I don't think that I deal with anxiety in the exact ways that it can be crippling for some people, but I know myself and I know how limited at different times I am by fear. And so I was just really trying to think biblically and practically and say, what are the practices that we can do when we're hearing the command or you're hearing the sermon and you're like, thanks for telling me not to be afraid. I still am. I don't know what to do. Um, for, for me, I'm sure there's lots more, but, but for me, I, I was able to identify three things I think the Lord has led me on that have been incredibly helpful in trying to take those steps when I do find myself, um, fearful and, and I'll just, I'll just share those. And I'd love for you to share also. Um, but the first one just has to do, it's big picture. It just has to do with confidence. Um, the, the consistent, that this command that comes up over again in scripture tends to have two parts. It's part one, don't be afraid. Part two, for I am with you. So for me, if we're talking about COVID, um, and I say, all right, uh, it's not that I'm not concerned about the idea that I could get COVID, but I'm not going to live my life paralyzed by the fear of COVID. If I'm taking that, I'm saying, all right, the reason I can move forward in not being fearful is not because I've just decided I'm not going to get it or that I'm smart enough to avoid getting it, or that I'm invincible in some way. It's not that, it's that I'm saying, God is with me, my confidence is in him, he's working all things for my good, so if he's calling me to do something that puts me at greater risk, which is always what fear has to do with, um, I can have confidence in God. I don't have to have the confidence in myself, I can have confidence in God. So, so that for me was number one, um, number two, and this came from a counselor um, who was working with me, that he, the way that he defined worry and anxiety, he said, uh, worry is demonic meditation. Mm. And what he meant was basically worry is when you're meditating in your mind on what Satan wants you to be meditating on. Yeah. All the ways that things could go wrong. So, so just as a quick example, I, this happens to me all the time. I know for a lot of people, this would not be a big thing. But yesterday, I, I was about to make a phone call um, for a follow-up conversation I needed to have. Um, I knew there was going to be at least some conflict, and I knew there was a chance there was going to be a lot of conflict. 
Um, God really did some good things in the conversation, but man, it was hard to hit send on my phone. I did not want to do it. And I had to take a moment to reflect, not just on all the ways that this could go wrong, but to take a moment to reflect on what are all the good things that God may do in this. Um, you know, Gary, you know, our, our leader, Gary's favorite passage is that Philippians 4 passage that says, don't be anxious for anything, but in all things by prayer and petition, you know, commit your cares to God. He'll guard your heart. Right after that is the passage where Paul says, you know, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is trustworthy, praiseworthy, think about those things. So I think there is an intentional thing and an activity that I've done when I'm afraid to do something and I find myself only thinking of, here's the 64 ways that this could go wrong, to pause and say, what good thing might God do through this? And then to even ask myself, do I really want to risk missing out on this good thing that God will do? Um, so that's number two. And number three for me and it is just um, to do what God is calling me to do before I get talked out of it. Mm. And I actually changed this. I used to say, um, I do it before I talk myself out of it. But then I realized, like, there's a greater spiritual battle at work. Like, I am not just fighting against my internal fears. I'm fighting against an enemy that wants to cast lie after lie and fear after fear. So even yesterday, be- before I'm hitting call on that, I know I, I just I had, to, I had to just get a point of, like, point of no return, hit it before you get talked out of it. And there's so many times talk that I... Talk yourself out of it. Yeah, before you talk to yourself, before Satan talks, whatever it happened. Yeah. But, but for me, and th- this is a differentiation you referred to earlier, um, I was still in my body very afraid. I think there's limited ability that we have to do. Sometimes our body's just reacting. Like I remember as, as a teenager going on a ropes course and uh, getting to the top and there was like this post that you were supposed to stand on top of and then jump off to on a swing and the post, like the top of it was like almost no bigger than your legs. And when I got up there, and this happened to all of us, our legs just shook nonstop. Yeah. There was nothing, we could not get our legs to stop shaking. Sometimes we're doing something and we can't stop feeling afraid. But us feeling afraid doesn't mean that we can't still step forward in faith. So sometimes I just think like, just do it before you think too much about it. Because if you think too much about it, you'll figure yeah. out a way to disobey. And you'll figure out a way to be run by fear instead of by faith. Um, so again, that, that's not a cure-all, but those are practices that I've tried to cultivate to say, I want to go beyond just the, just don't be afraid, just get over it and say, how do I live in courage even when I'm feeling afraid? Yeah, that's really good. A couple of things that I love about that. I mean, one is, is you bring up the point that these are practices and practices that involve um, just overcoming your fear and doing the thing you're afraid of because that leads to success, which is obvious, but that's the way that it kind of works. Like if, if you have a phobia and you go to therapy and a counseling, like if you're have a phobia of spiders, and you go to counseling for it, you're going to be seeing some spiders. That's like <laughs> by the end of it, like you're going to be holding spiders because that's the, to get over your fear of spiders. You have to have exposure therapy. You have to be with spiders. It isn't like, we're going to make you not afraid of spiders by never showing you pictures of spiders, never having you be near them, because that's not the way that works. You have to practice, you know, walking through that. And I think that um, that's a little bit countercultural in the sense that, especially those that, that 
have a lot of fear, they've practiced avoidance. And, right. and because, you know, that maybe that courage isn't there, or maybe that they, they feel like that's kind of the, you know, the easiest route. And if we're not working on ourselves, and if we're not working on discipleship, I think our sin nature takes over, and we're just going to kind of do the easiest thing and create our lives with a pattern of that. And when it comes to fear and anxiety, you know, we've got to get to the point that for for us to improve in that area, for us to trust God more, we're going to have to have these experiences where we step through that and walk through that. Even if there's a chance of some of those things we're afraid of happening, um, we're still going to have to do that. And that brings me on to the point that that also uh, is kind of the self-fulfilling cycle that we focus and we kind of consume ourselves about worry. We kind of focus on the negative things. And I think right. that those don't involve God's promises. And, and I think a lot of us have created that, that pattern within ourselves. Um, one, because we, we live in a culture and a society that's kind of okay to, to be negative and always focus on the negative things. Uh, just last night, our daughter was you know, really struggling with, with where we are in our society with COVID and having to wear masks and not be able to, to go outside. Uh, her first grade, her favorite teacher, her class was canceled. The teacher kept promising a summer party, well, uh-huh. not promising, but suggesting a summer party. And then just last night, she's seven. Just last night, she realized, she's like, I don't think that's happening because it sounds like these got these restrictions include summer. Right. And she's kind of spiraling and saying, you know, that all I could only see all the negative things that have happened about uh, with COVID. And so my wife and I spent some time reminding her that even within this, God has had gifts for you. Even within this, God has had things that you don't have to focus on negativity. I mean, your parents have been able to be home with you a lot. We've been able to spend a lot of family time together and grown closer together and grown closer to God. And so we constantly have to be in a place of reminding ourselves of God's promises and all the good things that can come out of it. That conversation that you were worried about, you had to spend some time thinking about this could go bad. I could be stressed and anxious about the ways it could go bad. But these are all the positive things that could come out of that. And those are the things, the types of things that God wants us to be focusing on. For sure. And, and I, think, I think this is um, why so much of Scripture is narrative. Um, you just think about it. It's like if, if God's intention for us was sort of just to get us to know the rules and cultivate the habits, you would think uh, the bulk of Scripture would be law and commands. But the, definitely the bulk of Scripture is narrative. It's stories. And you think like we're, you know, we're taking this quick break from first Samuel, but walking through these first Samuel stories, you think how, how many of these stories could then have been in mind of the Israelites. And now for us, you know, there's this cool thing that we get to do as believers now where we get to say um, the story of the Israelites is our story. Like we, we own that and we embrace that as our own story. And part of that story is that you have Samuel as the new judge of Israel and the Philistines are coming against him and they're going to come get him and the Israelites are not equipped for this and they make sacrifices and they pray and they say, God, we're dead without you. And then God comes and delivers them. It's like God wanted that story in the mind of Israelites later on when they were in a similar pickle, when they were in a similar situation to say, wait a second, even when everything is against us, God is a God who saves. Um, the Old Testament is constantly pointing back to uh, to the deliverance from Egypt over and over again. Remember the God who brought you out of Egypt. He wanted them to have that in mind when they were in perilous situations to say, miracles are easy for our God. 
think of what it can do and think. And, you know, even if you go through the, the Egypt story, you constantly have the Israelites being like, ah, oh, we shouldn't do this. We don't trust God right. anymore. God can't save us. When he just sent plagues and parted the Red Sea. So, so uh, I, I just think the reason why so much of scripture is story is so that we can own those stories and have those things, have those deliverance uh, stories in mind when we're about to walk into something that's very scary for us. And instead of just saying, um, this conversation may end with this person no longer being my friend, we get to go into it saying, think what miraculous things God does when his people step forward courageously by faith. Um, and, and again, even with my conversation yesterday, it wasn't, it, I don't think it was a world changing conversation. Um, good things. God did good things out of a conversation I was afraid to have because of the negative stuff. And on the other side of it, I would be able to sort of like future me could go back to past Dan and be like, you will miss out on God doing good things if you give in to fear here. And those are things I always want to take to heart and remember from the future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's prioritizing the things that we focus on. I think that's really important. Something that I want to acknowledge, Dan, and I think we could we could end with talking a little bit about this is I'll be the first to admit that this is going to be easier for some than it is for others. We all have different personalities. We all have different things that we struggle with. Like if we talked about, you know, being honest and and being truthful with your words, some people that would be easy for, and some people would be like, I really struggle with being honest. And and I'll never forget when I was a youth pastor and I was teaching a sermon on, on a second Timothy one, seven, for God did not give us a spirit of fear and Trinity, but of power, love and self-discipline. There was this one student that was there that was on my mind the whole time. It's, it's the, you know, the student who can't even come to camp because there's just so many unknowns and, and there's just a lot of fear and anxiety in that and to be away from home. And, and um, sure enough, she came up to me and, and, and she already had fears that she was sinning because she had fear, you know, and she asked me, so, you know, is being Talk a, about a cycle that you get yourself into that. Yeah. yeah. Now she had more anxiety about that. And she goes, is being afraid a sin. And, and I don't remember the exact conversation, but what I encourage her is that God has, has better things for you than being controlled by your fear. And I said, you know, we all, some of these students who hear this and, and they don't even think twice about having fear because they feel like they don't. The students, we say teenagers feel invincible, you know, but there's some of you, there's some people who are listening to this right now, who this is, this is harder for the person next to them uh, because they have a pattern or there are things that they struggle with revolve around fear and anxiety. And, and, I, and we've done a great job of communicating, but um, I hope people don't think that we think this is easy. Once you understand the scripture, you know, right. you shouldn't have fear in life. Instead, it's a lifelong journey for all of us. Absolutely. Uh, and, it, and it's a hard, it can be a hard lifelong journey uh, specifically for others who have a lot of fear and anxiety. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think um, it, it, if we are going to, um, when I say win the victory, I mean, sort of like in a big sense, if we are going to win the victory of living lives driven by faith, driven by God's mission for us and, and fear not squelching us in that way, um, it's got to, first of all, be born out of a deep relationship with God where we really are living in confidence in him. And so it's, it, it's not, you know, it's not like you said, it's not sort of like put the quarter in the machine put the Bible in your quiet time. And then the result that comes out is just, you're not afraid, but it does have to be based in that. We can't skip that. And then I just think, and, and this is, this has been challenging during COVID, although it's becoming more and more possible 
Like we just, we have to be around people that will help remind us of these things we're talking about. Like you just think, you know, like we were both younger men at one point. And, you know, when you're, when you're a teenage boy, especially there's different times that you're out with your friends and everybody decides we're all going to do this very daring thing. Yes. And the daring and stupid. Reason, exactly. Daring or stupid. We're not sure. And the <laughs> only reason why you or I did that daring or stupid thing is because we had friends right there being like, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. And we did it. And yeah. sometimes it was probably good. Sometimes it was probably bad. But to me, I'm like, that's just the power of this. And so if we are around Christian brothers and sisters that we can share our anxieties with, yes. and say, I'm crippled yeah. right now. And they have the ability in love to say to us, hey, God is good. God is, you can do it. You can do it. God is good. Trust God. He's good. I mean, just think of the, the building up. Sometimes maybe right there in the conversation to be like, send that text now. You know, we'll sit here right with you. We'll help you yep. do it. Like you, you think the positive togetherness that can come. We can, we can hype ourselves off, uh, you know, into jumping off a cliff into water that's not totally safe because of the power of the collective sort of. Yeah. Think of maximizing that. that. That's why just, man, find ways. Call one another. Get on the Zoom. Get together social distancing um, because we need one another to spur each other on. And these things are a lot less scarier in the light of other people being in on it than they are in the darkness of us being isolated and just crippled by those fears. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I, I love that. You're, you're encouraging it. If there's one action point from today, it's um, be open to sharing your fears. But the other side of that is if, you're, if you don't have a lot of fears, be the kind of person that receives them without yeah. judgment and yeah. you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're a safe person. Yeah, taking them seriously, even if to you it doesn't sound scary at all. It's clearly scary to that person. Be a good brother or sister. Treat it. Believe them that it's hard for them, even if for you it doesn't seem like something that'd be hard. Yeah, that's great. Well, Dan, I want to thank you so much uh, for your time today on the Christian Contrast Podcast. And we look forward to uh, uh, the next uh, sermon, uh, which is going to be Free from Pride, which will be something that some of us, other group of us, maybe something that we struggle with. Yeah, and just just as a note before that, I I hope people are remembering this. You know, we we encourage people to take time each day this week to pray about freedom from fear. Um, I've been doing that. It's been good. Um, Encouraging people to take at least a portion of a day or a day to fast and seek the Lord on this. We're really wanting this to be an all-church focus of saying, let's together seek God on this and come out the other side with God having taught us some things in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And I think it's a thing that participate in. I'm looking forward to seeing how we can come together uh, through that shared experience. Hey, I would love to hear, we'd love to hear your comments. We post this on Facebook. I'd love to hear how have you experienced fear differently uh, in the last three months, more or less, or uh, in your family. And uh, we'd love to just dialogue about that. But as always, uh, thanks for listening. And hopefully uh, we'll see you on Sunday.